the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 The Answer presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information from the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elliman's CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and uh, as we promised and as you've requested, we've had so many emails on we have uh, Sam Himmelstein, and he uh, represents New York City tenants and tenant associations that are in disputes over evictions, rent increases, rental conversions, rent stabilizations law, lease buyouts, and many other issues. So please, I mean, this is a wonderful opportunity. So if you have any questions for Sam, um, it's a rarity that you get to ask all these kind of questions. He's the expert at 866-970-9622. So feel free to call Sam. Hi, Sam, and thank you so much. Hi, Dottie. Thanks for having me. Oh, no, we always love to have you. Okay, <laughs> We would love you to come on all the time. You're great, and there's so many, so many issues. Uh, so tell us, since I spoke to you last, what's, what's... What are the landlords up to these yeah. days? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't remember if we talked about this last time, but I... I, I think I sent you a bunch of the um, these new anti-harassment bills that have been passed by the city council. Um, like what? What are they? Well, uh, mainly they're directed at stopping what we what we call in the tenant side construction harassment. So 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 here's the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get a call. A bunch of tenants come in to me and they say. Well, the landlord approached us and said, we're going to start renovating the building soon. And, you know, it's really unpleasant to live through a renovation. Yeah. There's going to be noise and there's dust, going to be dust yeah. and there's going to be debris. And if you work at home, it's going to be really hard for you to concentrate. And so, loud. Uh, so, yeah. so maybe you'd like to, to, to take $25,000 <laughs> and give up your apartment and avoid all that. Yeah, right? would it be easier for you? I'm just concerned about you, the that, tenant. That's right, you know? exactly, yeah. right. It's a script, you know, when, when mm-hmm. tenants come and in. And probably me, if somebody needs the money, it might even sound good. It might sound, yeah, like a, like a great deal, right? It yeah. might, but then you start thinking about the tax consequences of getting a buyout, of mm-hmm. which there are. and That's um, income, right? Uh, well, there's a debate about that, Dottie. Some people say it's income, and some people actually say it's capital gains. Um, 
And that is the prevailing view these days. There's even an IRS opinion that says that. Yeah, I've always so, felt it was capital gains. Yeah. But either way, it's a tax event. Yeah. And then you also got to find a place to live, too, right? Exactly. <laughs> and, and if you have a, you know, let, let's face it, a below-market rent-stabilized apartment, you know, you're paying a sweet deal. $1,500. Don't give it up! <laughs> no, no, I mean, you, you, you can't replace it. It's irreplaceable. Yeah. Right. Where are you going to go? you got to live somewhere, right. yeah. So uh, most people are not foolish enough to take those buyouts, right. uh, but then the construction starts. So they say and, no to the landlord, and you know, and then the landlord does what? Uh, in terms of the construction? Yeah. Well, uh, what they, 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 they use, usually in these buildings, there's been a, there are a number of vacancies. I'll just make up a hypothetical. A 20-unit building, you got eight vacancies. So they start gut renovating the vacant apartments because they want to pass on the cost of those renovations into a rent increase, which will get the legal regulated rent above the deregulation threshold, which is now slightly above $2,700. So once they do that, the apartment hits the market at whatever the landlord can get for it. Um, At the going rate? Well, there's a, there's a slight quirk, and I'll, uh, if you want me to get into it, it gets a little bit complicated, but there's a, there, is some, there are some of us who think that when the city council renewed the rent laws in 2015, they changed it so that the rent of the outgoing tenant had to already be above the threshold before you could deregulate. It used to be, we think, that... If, no matter what the rent was, if you could use a combination of vacancies and improvements to get the rent over the threshold, it, it, you could charge, as you say, the going rate, whatever it would go for. This new law seems to say, and, and there's not 100% unanimity on this, and right. we're, we're going to battle this out in the courts over the next few years, um, but uh, the new law seems to say that unless the outgoing tenant was paying above the threshold, the apartment remains stabilized. Most mm. landlords are going to ignore that law. They're just going to take their chances and hope that the next tenant doesn't sue them. Okay. Um, so let's assume. So wait, that, but let me just ask you. So yeah. the anti-harassment thing yeah. is what? Is that is, is that the, the uh, landlords not allowed to do that? No, or? no. There, there were a series of bills that some of them increased the fines. Um, they have to make the tenant protection plans available on the DOB website, which up till now has not happened. Um, there are fi- increasing fines for a stop work order if for violating stop work orders. Um, there are, they've changed the defin- They've added to the definition of harassment commencing frivolous. Okay, lawsuits. but how does that? Okay, just let me cut to the mm-hmm. chase. How does yeah. that affect a tenant? If I'm one of my listeners is a tenant. Um, and their their landlord says, "Hey, you know, we're going to be doing renovations. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you X amount of money." You know, and then they say, "Well, no, we don't want." The tenant to. says, "No." That then what then, is the landlord doing? Yeah, that's then the bad. landlord is starting to do massive construction in the building, which. Uh, but now you knew about it already, so. Yeah, you knew, uh, and you're prepared. But and 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 look, I'm not one of those people who thinks every landlord is evil. So some of them 
do it right and they seal off the areas they're working in and they use negative airflow, which is what they're supposed to do, and they HEPA vacuum the floors at the end of every day. And they keep it to nine to five normal yeah, work exactly, hours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but the bad landlords are doing what? They're... The bad landlords are, are not doing any of that. They're propping the door open all day. Um, <laughs> they, they're, they're working outside the permitted hours mm-hmm. of the permits and on weekends. Um, they are not cleaning up at the end of the day. The workers are treating the tenants really badly. Mm. Um, and sometimes there's some really nasty stuff in that dust that's being uh, set, you know, uh, sprayed around. Okay, but uh, so, what would, so what would somebody, in other words, now if I'm living in a building yep. where I think that, yeah, okay, we have construction. Look, I'm doing my house now, and there's so much, it's, you know, look, and I'm doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, and it's, you know, there's dust all over as yep. quickly as you clean it, as quickly as it comes back. So mm-hmm. outside of the normal thing, if somebody feels that they're totally taking advantage and they're totally mm-hmm. doing the wrong thing, who would they call you? What kind of recourse are they? Yeah, having? I mean, the, the, the key here, and, and as in many tenant scenarios, is the tenants have to form a tenant association. Um, and why, it, why do they have to? Just economically? Because it be, well, they don't have to. They, because I, I can't help them on a cost-effective basis okay. on an, if they're individual. So basically, to our listeners, what, what, what Sam is saying is that if you individually have to hire attorneys, it's a lot more expensive than if the right. whole... But then somebody has to really... So then what you're saying is somebody would have to then gather the tenants around and organize that. Because yeah, the somebody, landlords aren't going to do it. <laughs> right. right, right, right. Somebody in the building has to take the initiative, usually it's more than one person, to start spreading the word, call a meeting, arrange a meeting with a lawyer... Um, you know, again, my hourly rate is the same for a tenant group as it is for an individual. And, um, and what typically happens in these cases, if tenants are able to mobilize themselves, is I then get in touch with the landlord's lawyer. Uh, I usually write an initial letter, and I say that I detail what's going on. I usually hire an environmental expert to mm-hmm. test uh, the, the, to see what's in the dust because right. – um, Often there are there's lead, sometimes there's asbestos, there's usually silica. All of those things can be health hazards to people, especially if there are children in the building. Yeah, uh, which is very, very dangerous for young children with their brains developing to have lead. The uh, lead ambient. is the worst, yeah. right. But um, where is the Department of Buildings in all this? Shouldn't the Department of Buildings be inspecting and making sure that uh, <laughs> they're complying with the... Uh, you laughed. Why, yes. why are you laughing? Yeah, well, because the Department of Buildings has been fairly useless about this stuff until recently, but some of these new laws actually, uh, if, if they're followed, uh, would make the DOB more proactive mm-hmm. in this. But so that, yeah, but, you know, and I'm not taking anyone's side here, but, mm-hmm. Sam, the problem is they can make all the laws they want, but then they have to increase the force of people to do the laws. Like, Correct. To I think them. the mayors on some, I mean, they have maybe, but if you don't have the people or you don't give them any more manpower, then it's like, okay, yeah, like we, but we don't have the manpower to do it. Yeah. That is, that's a, definitely a problem. For so sure. I think that's a real problem. Mm-hmm. At least I see it in the city that, you know, they can have, you know, it sounds good to the average person. I'm like, yeah, but who's really going to enforce it? There's no one to enforce it. So that, well, that's... Well, this is why I, when, when, when tenants ask me, should I call in DOB or HPD, I say, you know, you, you can do that, but exactly for the reasons you just said, 
and, and also because DOB and HPD won't always place a violation just because you think there's a violation. Um, and then you could be in a, in a, in a worse position uh, because the landlord can say, well, look, I see from the website that you guys all called in violations and DOB didn't hit you with a violation. Therefore, um, I must be doing it right. That's right. Um, uh, so when I tell my clients is you, you want to rely on the government, you have to live with what the government does. You want to take matters into your own hands and hire your own expert who does. So are you like a, a like a private attorney's general sort of that you you go out <laughs> there and, and no, not in a bad way. I mean, there's there's very good reasons to have private attorneys general. You're going out and looking and seeing are there violations? Is there ambient lead? That's right. In the dust. And yeah. and by the way, for those of you listening to think, you know, there's no good reason for this. It's pay now or pay later. Right. If you have a two year old child that's inhaling lead dust that impairs their cognitive ability as a result of it, you know, it's it's the society's got to pay for it. Right. Yep. So if that, that exactly one way right. or the other. So that landlord should be paying for it, not uh, society. And, exactly. and it's rather it's, it's pretty easy to contain lead dust if you do it right. I happen to be a certified lead dust abatement. Per- yeah, because I own a contracting company, too, for my spouse. So. I, you know, so I know a little bit about this, and you know, you gotta, you gotta seal it off. Lead paint, if it's just on the wall and it's intact, isn't very harmful. But once you start to cut through it, and little mm-hmm. kids inhale, I mean, it's not good for adults to inhale it either, but really bad for little kids to right, inhale. Exactly right. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing is the what the when the government. When the HPD or DOB come in, they don't they don't do lab testing. They you know they like they don't have the time to be as no, thorough. No, they they look around and they see if there are any obvious violations of of their laws and regulations, and if there are, they place a violation. Whereas, you know, if I call in an environmental tester, he's going to take samples, ship them mm-hmm. off to a laboratory, and get, give me scientific results. Now, so then what happens is, uh, and I'll tell you that in the vast majority of the cases, even though I threaten litigation, because that's what lawyers do, um, <laughs> they settle. Um, they don't go to litigation. So most of the landlords, once confronted, uh, will do what we ask them to do. And essentially what that is is to put in place construction protocols, which you know provide for advance notice, posting of plans, of work schedules, um, daily cleanup, sealing off of the areas where the work is being done, good, um, good. Th- having them do the testing and provide us with the results. And what I'm also generally able to do is negotiate a rent abatement for the tenants for the period of the construction. So you're going to give us all your information so that we can give it out to all our listeners. But I had like some other questions for you because... Um, People ask us all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if your your landlord, okay, yep. you're sending your landlord checks that your landlord is not cashing it and mm-hmm. he hasn't renewed your lease, mm-hmm. okay? So then, what mm. is, is that? So it, like now he's not cashing your checks. So right? why why he by the way would the landlord why would the landlord be doing that? Because they don't want to. Okay, renew? well, can you get away with not paying rent? Was the question. No, the answer is you're probably at the end of the day gonna have to pay. So there are different scenarios where landlords do not accept people's rent, and in some cases they are legally not only justified in doing that, but from their own perspective they're required to do it. So I'll give you some examples. If you're a non-stabilized tenant 
and your lease expires, if the landlord accepts rent after the expiration of the lease, you become what we call a month-to-month tenant. Right. And what that means is that in or- if the landlord is planning to try to evict you from the apartment because you haven't moved out when the lease expired, if you are month-to-month, they have to serve you with a 30-day termination notice first. So they have to give you 30 days notice. Exactly. And, if, and, and the 30-day notice has to end at the end of a, of, of a rental period. So, for example, if the lease expired September 30th, if they accept September's rent, the earliest they could terminate you would be October 31st because September is already, pa- you know, we're already into September. And they have so, to give the notice. It's like 30 days in New York City, right? So it has yeah. to, you know. Yeah. So that slows the landlord down in terms of being able to bring a court case. Mm-hmm. Um, the other And it's hard to evict somebody. I mean, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, you know, even though they say it's 30 days, but by that whole eviction process. Oh, yeah. You still have to bring the tenant to court. Yeah. It's a whole. You can't just use self-help um, in New York. Um, you and the judge, even if. The tenant has no defenses because they're a market tenant and their lease has expired. Judges recognize that in New York, what's the vacancy rate? Under 3%. Yeah, it's hard to get an apartment, so they're more lenient. Judges don't like that. And I especially see them more lenient when there's kids involved, too. Kids, seniors, Seniors. people with health problems. The holidays. Yeah, and and I tell people, you know, and, and, and Sam... That the people that want to think they want to be investors and think of that and buy rental, they want to be income-producing property, mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to be a landlord, and then you have to be able to either have someone do it for you or you have to do all those things. And getting somebody out of an apartment, is, is even if they're not paying, is, is a tough thing in New York. It can be, right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little secret. I happen to be a landlord. I own a two-family house, so oh, yeah. I, I, I do understand this. So. Um, <laughs> So uh, that's one reason a landlord might refuse rent. Um, on the other end, landlords sometimes refuse rent as part of a harassment pattern. It's, it's considered classic harassment. The DHCR considers it harassment. Wait, harassment uh, if, that I don't, if I don't renew you? No, no, this is a situation, let's say, where you have a stabilized tenant, right. and the tenant is sending in their rent, and the landlord is not cashing their checks. Because they want to make it look like you haven't been paying? That's one reason. Um, they, 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 sometimes they just, yeah, they want to frighten you in some way. And it is scary. I will tell you, tenants get very, most tenants want to pay their rent. <laughs> and they want to make sure. They want to make sure they're not thrown out. That, that's right. And they believe, you know, often mistakenly that they could be, you know, have the locks changed if they don't. So. I see a lot of this. I see a lot of hmm. landlord, and not only will they sometimes will they re, not cash the checks, but then they'll send them a bill as if the money hasn't even been tendered uh, oh, for the okay. for the months. So I have this exact situation now in a building on the Upper West Side where the landlord uh, and we're at, we ha- we were at a harassment conference at the DHCR uh, th- this week where the landlord is doing exactly this and. Um, there and and the people uh, got my clients got very nervous about it and yeah. the, the the hearing officer at the DHCR was really unhappy about it and pretty much said to the landlord you better deal with this now mm-hmm. um, I don't I don't like this <clears throat> um, so and, and and when you look at the harassment forms that you can file with the city 
There's actually a box to check where it says the landlord is so, refusing again, to rent. Sam, so, again, Sam, we're going to come back after the break, but what should someone do? What's your, your How's the best way to get in touch with you? With me? Okay. Uh, my the, fu- the firm's phone number is 212-349-3000. 349 okay. Right. And the website is www.hmgdjlaw.com. You've got to get a better website. The that's a hard one. Yeah, I'm like, that's <laughs> too long. Too many letters. I know. And get we have a, a Facebook page, too. Okay. okay, well, you'll tell us after the break. We're, stay on. We're going to stay on with Sam Himmelstein. Anything you have to know about tenants or any any rights legally or not rights, whatever, anything about tenant law, 866-970-9622. We'll be right back with Iowa Real Estate and Sam Himmelstein uh, after the break. Are you looking for a radio show that gives you straight talk, common sense, and the facts? Are you looking for a media outlet which offers all points of view? If the answer is yes, then listen to the Cats Roundtable every Sunday morning starting at 8.30 right here on AM 970, The Answer. The Cats Roundtable is hosted by John Katsimatidis, a successful businessman who came to this country as an immigrant and built a multi-billion dollar business empire. He's met presidents, world leaders, governors, mayors, congressmen, state legislators, and you'll hear them all on the Cats Roundtable. Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Conservatives, Liberals, and everything else you can imagine. You won't just hear their take on the news. You'll hear them make the news. Whether it's local, national news, or international news, you can read about it in the newspaper on Monday. But hear it first on the Cats Roundtable, Sunday mornings at 8.30, right after Murano in the morning. Only on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, this is Al Gattulo from the Joe Piscopo Morning Show. We're giving away two tickets to the New York Jets vs. Miami Dolphins home opener game on Sunday, September 24th at MetLife Stadium. Very easy to enter. You go to our AM970 The Answer smartphone app, which you can download for free in the Google Play Store or the iPhone App Store. For a complete list of contest rules, just go to am970theanswer.com. The tickets are valued at $540, and the winner will be announced on the Joe Piscopo Morning Show on Wednesday, September 20th. Good luck. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Veggies. I had some uh, ulcer issues on my leg that I had from Vietnam. (laughs) It it would uh, erupt on occasion of periods of stress. When I was taking uh, uh, juices, uh, you know, these ulcers had disappeared, but I was not able to get good quality uh, fruits and vegetables to make good juices. And, you know, these ulcers came back. But since I've been taking the uh, fruit and the veggie capsules, uh, these ulcers again have subsided. Good health is only a phone call away. What are you waiting for? Don't miss your opportunity to get a free month's supply of Balance of Nature. Call 1-800-2468-751. That's 1-800-2468-751. Or go online to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code THEANSWER. 
You need a professional website quickly with no drama? Call the great people at BizTourage. They're experts in small business websites and will deliver a great website at a low cost with no headaches. BizTourage.com gives you personal attention, a website that wows your customers, and with no headaches. They make it easy. Get your BizTourage website today. Call 888-461-4348 or visit BizTourage.com. That's 888-461-4348 or at B-I-Z-T-O-U-R-A-G-E.com. BizTourage, because every small business deserves an entourage. Call today. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. We're back, and we're fortunate to have Sam Himmelstein, who um, represents New York City tenants and tenants associations and any kind of disputes or rent increases or any questions you have about rentals. It's 866-970-9622. We're lucky to have him on the show. So we were just asking, Jerry, you were just asking. Yeah, I wanted to, Sam, what about uh, Airbnb? Let's say you're a, a rent-controlled, rent rent-stabilized tenant, um, you have legal protections, and you decide you're going to make a little extra money mm-hmm. doing Airbnb. How does that mm-hmm. impact your rent stabilization? Oh, that becomes such a hot issue. <laughs> That's Probably ten percent of our practice. Really? Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. Be um, careful, right? If you're a tenant, oh, be, be yeah, yeah. So you can't do it. You can't uh, do it. You can't do it. Um, you can't use Airbnb. You you can have a roommate, um, and if your rent stabilized, you can charge that roommate half your rent. If you have two roommates, which you're allowed to under some circumstances, you can charge them each a third of your rent. Um, but you cannot advertise on any of these websites for short-term rentals, whether you're present or not. It's, it's, it's more of a no-no if you're not there, but it's really, really bad whether you're there or not. Um, New York has a couple of laws that absolutely prohibit this. You are not allowed to commercialize your residential apartment. And um, Well, you know, and really, in all fairness... I I kind of I agree with that because if everyone started to do that in a building, God knows what would happen to the building. Well, and also the strangers and transients. Yeah. And part of you know what I saw at the re- last recession when there was all these, um, you know, uh, what didn't happen in New York because we didn't have laws that allowed it to happen, but in in, in Florida and in uh, maybe. Uh, Vegas, where they had these millions of buildings and all these people bought contracts. They weren't living there. They had no intentions of living there. When the place went down, it was all transient people. And yep. That's also a complete fiction. You know, I mean, I get it. Airbnb is very powerful and it's a trend and it's here to stay. But in large metropolitan areas like this, we, you know, there's a flip side of it, which is the people that live next door, you know, and you don't want somebody coming in who doesn't know the building. You don't know them. They might not be familiar with safety protocols, et cetera, et cetera. And it's a fiction that you're going to be staying there in the apartment. That's just the way people are trying to get around it, right? They say, oh, come and well, stay with me. Well, I don't think I would want strangers in my apartment if I was staying there. Yeah, but that's what they say. It's ridiculous. Well, it's ridiculous. there was a case just yeah. recently. It got okay. decided about two months ago by the second highest court in the state where a woman who was pretty much living on Social Security couldn't afford her rent, and she began – she had a three-bedroom apartment and rent-stabilized, and she began renting out rooms f- 
in her apartment with her there. She would even serve them breakfast and oh, like a little uh, bed and breakfast in an yeah, apartment. Yeah, yeah, and she was charging them, I think, ninety-five dollars a night. This is a deal uh, when she was paying the landlord probably fifteen hundred yeah. a month. And she did this for quite a long time. Uh, I think she did it something like a hundred times over the course of a year. And her case went all the way up to the second highest court in the state, and the court split three to two. And the the majority said she's going to be evicted. Mm. Um, and the the two dissenters kind of felt some compassion for her and felt that since she had stopped, you know, she they would let cured. her stay. Uh, that 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 she shouldn't lose the apartment as long as she didn't do it anymore. Um, yeah, but then that creates a dangerous precedent. You, know, you can do yeah, it. Well, I you mean, can do it until you I get caught. Yeah. When they walk into my office with an Airbnb case, this is my standard line. Mm-hmm. If you immediately stop and you refund all the overcharges, refund to the to the, to, to the, to the people you charge them to. Yes. Okay. If you refund all the overcharges, and I'll define the overcharges as any. Anything you would have, in excess of what you would have been able to charge a roommate, okay. um, I might be able to save your apartment. Wow. If wow. you don't. So do you that, really, so in other words, you cannot rent Airbnb. No. Airbnb. Or something similar to that. If you're rent stabilized. Or, and yeah. landlords. But what about if you're not rent stabilized? No, you can't do it if you're not rent stabilized, but. You, know, you can't do it under any circumstances. And, and the landlord tries to, you know, says you can't stay here anymore. Most people say, fine, I'll move on. You know, I'll find yeah. another market rate apartment. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's rampant and landlords monitor it. Uh, there's no question in my mind. And also what often happens is something happens. One of the Airbnb guests is disgruntled for some reason. Mm. And guess who they rat you out to? Yeah. <laughs> They, oh. go, right, the they go right to the landlord. So they didn't like uh, her scrambled eggs that she made, <laughs> and they <laughs> exactly go and right. get her. Yes, right. Yeah, I mean, listen, I feel sorry for the woman that she would get evicted. That's obviously a circumstance that we always want to avoid with anybody, particularly a senior. Right. The flip side of it is if you're the landlord, and you got to see both sides to it. If you're the landlord, you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm being forced to accept a below-market rent, and now this person is making a profit that I should be entitled to because I own the property. And that's a compelling argument, too. I see, it is. I see there's it a, is. You know. Yeah, but he's also saying it doesn't have to be rent-stabilized, any apartment. Yes, yes. Right. So yeah. I don't want our listeners, because the majority of them that are in apartments are not in rent-stabilized apartments. Mm-hmm. So it pertains to them as well. How many, how many apartments in New York City are still under rent uh, protection, if you well, will? Well, we're know, not roughly? sure because <laughs> the... The, the J-51 issue oh, right. yeah. brought a lot of apartments back. What's, um, the, what's the estimate? Uh, if you include rent control plus rent yeah. stabilization, between 900,000 and a million. There's a lot of people. A lot of apartments in New York, a million, almost a million. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot. And if yeah. you multiply that by 2.3 or whatever the average is of people living there, it still yeah. covers a good hunk of the population. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so, you know, you have to be careful if you're a tenant is the bottom line. You have to comply with, with the lease. If you want the benefits of the law, you have to comply that, with the lease okay, obligations. Okay, so let me ask you another question. If somebody's been renting for a lot of years, let's say 15 years, okay, now they're renting, and they've been renting with no lease. Just okay? month to month? Or, yeah. Month to month, but they've been renting like over 10 years, over 15. Okay, and the landlord decides they want to evict them, but they have no lease, but they have a history of living there for that long. Again, is that... 
That doesn't, does that mean anything? Doesn't the get, amount of, doesn't does get the you question is, does that mean anything that I've rented for this long amount of time? Or if I don't have a lease, I don't have a lease, and that's that. Uh, the latter. Um, people, people say to me all the time, but I've been such a good tenant. I paid my rent on time for 10 years. How can they do this to me? And it always comes down to are you stabilized or not? Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes people in those situations might actually be stabilized and not realize it, and I send them to the DHCR to get their rent history, and mm -hmm. I look into it. But if, if we assume that the person is a true market tenant and does not have a lease, the, the length of your tenancy gets you nothing uh, under the law. Now how how do you know? Like, how would I know if my apartment is rent stabilized? Right. Uh, well, like, how would some? I, I mean, how would somebody even know? Like, if if I went to a, to rent an apartment in in New York City, mm -hmm. and again, I don't only want to talk about New York City. Our audience is not only in New York City, but there's so many rental apartments in New York City. Uh, and I went. I rented an apartment, and I paid fair market value for the rent. Uh, it could be rent stabilized. Let's say the the landlord doesn't tell me. Like, right. how would I know that? Right, right. That's a good Why question. would he want to tell me if I don't? He doesn't know? want to tell you. Yeah. No, he doesn't. So, the first thing is it has to be six or more units as a general rule. Although there are some exceptions to that, uh, the building has to be built before 1974, um, and there are some exceptions to that. Uh, so, and, and the rent has to be below a certain number. So if you're moving in now and you're paying over 2700 it's presumptively not stabilized. So, but then there's a, there's a lot of things you have to explore to answer that question. One is you have to look to see, if, see what the building's rent history is and see if you could make an argument that the landlord illegally raised the rent to above the threshold. And if you can... If you can prove that to a court or to an administrative agency, they may put the apartment back into rent stabilization. Number two, you have to see, does the apartment have, or did it have when you moved in, a J-51 tax abatement or a 421 All right, but then the average person really is let, not right. going to do yeah, that. Yeah, let me tell you not something. So I, you're not going to know, basically, and there could be some guy that has nothing to do with his days or some woman that takes that time to really... But once I rent something and I'm paying whatever the number is, I'm paying that number. Mm -hmm. So it's, now, you know, only if somebody, like, kind of suspects it or already. But right. basically most people are not going to do that. That's right. M most market tenants, tenants in general, but particularly market tenants, they're pretty happy to – their attitude is I signed the lease. This, this is my agreement with my landlord. I'm going to live with it. Most of them come to me because the landlord gets greedy. The landlord says, you know what, I'm gonna, I've decided I want to raise your rent $500 a month, or I'm not going to renew your lease after you've been a wonderful tenant for 10 years. Then they come but, to me or someone like me. But truthfully, if I don't want to rent to you anymore, maybe just because I don't feel like you did well, nothing right. wrong and to me. If, I don't, if you don't have a lease, you don't have a lease. And then they come to me and they say, do I have any argument for staying in this apartment? And I say, let's see if your rent stabilized. Right. And that's when I do that investigation and I check all those things. But what I'm trying to say is the average person, including myself, is not going to do that. I'd no. have to call someone like oh, and you. It, and it's not just the average person. 
I'm a lawyer. I'm a real estate lawyer. I I wouldn't even attempt to figure that out. It's no, so complicated. I, mean, I would call. Have... I would call him. So I would, would say, I. Yeah, I mean, yeah, really. It's, it's I mean, that complicated. It's yeah. too complicated. So let me ask you: outside of rent stabilization, for those who just rent, when like you know, um, we have another break. Right, if right. you could stick around just a few more minutes, I'd love sure. to give you websites. I have one big question to ask you. We have a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay. You're listening to I Am Real Estate. We'll be right back. And we're going to finish with Sam Himmelstein and tenants in New York City. Football can be a game of numbers, down and distance, yards gained, points scored. But it's the things that can't be measured that matter most. Effort. Intensity, intensity, heart, touchdown. Count on us to give it all we've got right here. Tune in this Saturday at 4 as the Black Knights take on the Ohio State Buckeyes from the Horseshoe on our sister station, AM 570 WMCA. Hi, it's Joe Piscopo. I want to tell you about Giordino Doro Ristorante, home to some of the best Italian food that we have found in Manhattan, right around the corner from the radio station on 5 Gold Street. It's authentic, has wonderful service, has a classic, intimate setting. You can enjoy wine, a gourmet insalata, classic Italian dishes like ravioli quattro formaggi, made with homemade pasta stuffed with four gourmet cheeses, or linguine ai frutti di mare, a plethora of seafood, clams, scallops, shrimp, and calamari and a light tomato garlic virgin olive oil and herb sauce finished with a cannoli and cappuccino visit giardinodoro.com or call 212-514-6400 to make a reservation or just stop in benny is over there he's the owner james and valentino are waiting for you tell him joey sent you frankie sent you from the piscopo show on am 970 the answer they're going to take great care of you come downtown to giardino d'oro don't miss AM 970's Business Networking Breakfast on Thursday, October 19th. Steve Adubato will lead the discussion on growing your business and breaking through the clutter of digital and traditional marketing. Hear from digital strategy and marketing expert Isaac Rudansky, founder of Adventure Media and author of three number one best-selling Udemy courses on Google AdWords, remarketing, and landing page design. Also, hear from Phil Van Horn, president and CEO of Blue Rock Energy, Jeannie Zeno, professor of political science at Iona College and frequent Fox contributor. And Gary Goldberg, founder and CEO of Gary Goldberg Financial Services, about how to establish a brand and market through social media, online advertising, sports, and radio. Joe Piscopo and the morning team will be broadcasting live. A gourmet breakfast from DR Catering will be served. It's happening on Thursday, October 19th at the Passaic County Community College in Wanakue. Entry is free, but you must register online at am970theanswer.com. The Salem Business Breakfast is sponsored by Blue Rock Energy. You've heard of the fun police? Well, we're the opposite. The original donut shop coffee. Full-flavored, deliciously straightforward coffee best enjoyed with a smile. So good, it's criminal. (sighs) Enjoy a cup and sprinkle some fun into your day. Made for your Keurig brewer. Find it at Keurig.com and grocery stores everywhere. Just look for the bright teal box with the donut. The original donut shop coffee. Have more fun. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elements CEO, Dottie Herman. 
So we're back talking landlord-tenant law. Uh, somebody just emailed a question, Steve. Uh, is there a penalty for the landlord if they knowingly, um, you know, rent it and say it's market value, but it's not, and then it's discovered that it was really subject to rent stabilization mm-hmm. and they illegally rent stabilized it, other than, you know, disgorging their ill-gotten profit, right. is there penalties to the landlord? Yes. Um, the, the rent stabilization law says that if you are overcharged, um, you can recover not only the overcharges, but if, you, if the landlord cannot show that the overcharge was not willful, mm-hmm. you get treble damages for Whoa. the... Yes, treble Whoa. damages for the last what about a, years. What about attorney's fees? Attorney's fees. Wow. And interest at guess what the rate is eight nine oh nine. wow that's a nice wow <laughs> so what I tell my clients when they say to me mm-hmm. should I keep paying the rent at the mm-hmm. higher rent while this is pending I said unless you can find a way to invest your money right. and get a guaranteed return of better than nine percent right paying your rent right yeah that's that's so the moral of the story if you're a landlord and you're doing this you better be careful because you can come back and. The law allows uh, attorney's fees. This was really interesting. You were great. What's uh, The website is very complicated. Why don't you give, it your tel- give your telephone number if people okay. need to reach you. The phone number is 212-349-3000, and we have nine attorneys, pretty much all of whom do what I what I do. But so. I would ask for you. Yeah. And you we want to ask for you and hope you come back, and we'll, you'll, we'll we have will. you back I again. Will. Thank yeah. you. We'll Thanks always love to have you. Thank you. All right. Have a good weekend. You too. You really too. interesting, Donnie. It really yeah. is. And there's a lot. You know, there's just a lot people don't know. So when it comes to finance and mortgages and financing, okay, and I guess, what, a 30-year is a little under four now? Yes, just under four. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I, again, I don't know how, this is kind of how many years now that we've had such low yeah, rates. We keep, yes. Yeah, it's, it's almost perpetually low now. Yeah, it's sort of become boring to talk about rates because yeah, they really haven't changed. Yeah, because I was changed. just reading an article and it says uh, <laughs> mortgage applications surge on lower rates. I'm like, well, how much? They were always low, okay? But I guess they said they averaged 4.3 over the last uh, year. 12 months. 12 months. So the now they're the now under 4. Yeah, they went down slightly. So should you, and I, and I think I read something, maybe I'm, no, I'm sure I read it. It also said refinancing was up. So for me, interest rates, low rates um, really boost refinances. Low rates or high rates don't necessarily put off buyers, in my view. You know, so low rates are good for refinancing. And that recent boom was largely, oh, we've still got the rates low. They've come down Mm -hmm. a little bit. Does it make sense for me to refinance? And you saw refinancing going up because refinancing had gone down a little bit. Right. So, this what's year. the rule of thumb on how much you have to save to how much of a to make a refinance worth it? I think, well, obviously, depending, you know, what size your loan is. But if you just assume you've got an average loan of five hundred thousand, if rates go down by three eighths of a percent, it typically can make sense for you to. So that's not much. That's not much at all. Well, that's from four to three point six two five. And assuming you're going to be staying in the place, and that's the other question, exactly, Dottie. That's the major question: is how long are you going to stay? What should your outlook be? A couple years. 
Oh, no, I think five year plus. Five years. Yes, because in uh, you've got closing costs. Right. You know, and in New York City, you know, you have mortgage taxes. There are yeah. ways to avoid some of it, but you have closing costs. So So if you're if you're planning on moving next year it probably doesn't it doesn't sense. necessarily make now, sense. Now I have exactly. two more things. I mean like, there's a couple more things I read, so I wanna verify because sometimes we know the people that write the stuff or not. Really? Not everything not that's in writing is true. Now they're saying that um, more home buyers are using co-borrowers on mortgages. I see. I actually think that's correct. I'm, I see that quite a lot. Particularly, so a co- what's a co-borrower? A co-borrower is somebody who is non-occupant. So they're non-occupant co-borrowers. Okay. So if parents are helping children, and you see it a lot in the city, mm-hmm. because the, the prices are high, you know, the children are Well, the parents younger. say, look, my, kids, my child is going to school in the city, so I'm going to buy the apartment because the rents are high. And then... Maybe they'll move out, and I'll have I'll the apartment the yeah. yeah. come into the yeah. city. But a co-borrower is when you've got the child, the occupant, on the loan as well. Okay. Oh, a co-borrower is the child's on the loan too. Yes, well the there's person. two. There's two borrowers. There's the person who lives in it, and then there's the person who doesn't live in it. Now, in the old days, we had guarantors. But now but I'm hearing, and that, that article I read, that people are doing that for a living. Like, in other words, I want to make extra money. You need a co-borrower. Oh. Okay, so let me just I don't really know you. Let me just step back a bit. Oh. So there's non-occupant co-borrowers and yeah. there are occupant co-borrowers. Sorry, Dottie. I was okay. focusing on okay. the okay. non-occupant, but yes, the, so you're suggesting are there more people buying together no, I'm, and both I'm, borrowing? I'm talking about both. Yes, okay, yes. Okay, but I'm also saying yes. that I see people who want to make money and they feel like if somebody's credit worthy and they just and they don't even know them, they have yeah, no prior experience. But they make money. Oh, is that happening? Uh, yeah, because they they're offering or like they're offering a down payment. Plus, they get the they make, the way they have the rules. If, yeah. if the person supports, they probably get the property. Huh. Have you seen any? Well, of it would depend on how they structure yeah. the ownership, you know, jointly or. But that's there's a lot of risk there. It says I, I I can read it. This it says yeah. dozens of private. Um, dozens of programs and private companies are emerging to act as co-borrowers for consumers by offering a down payment in return for a share of equity. So this is the old days we called it equity share. I have not rig- seen any of that that's been obvious to me, but it's a, I could understand. No, but but this, I could see it happening. Yes, exactly. I would do that. I mean, yes. Look, if somebody is stuck, okay, and yes. I, let's say I can't afford to buy anything because I don't have the down payment. Mm. And somebody is willing to to lend me or give me the money to put down, but they want twenty five percent of the yes. equity when I sell the house. Or I don't think the tax rules uh, favor that anymore. In the old days, before the Reagan tax reform, this goes back way way back. We had a there was things called equity sharing. It was exactly that, where you would do that and you get favorable tax treatment. I don't think the tax treatment, uh, and I don't know if the banks would would allow that they now. Allow they do because you're, you're because what do they care because. The, the because the borrower that has is putting their name on the on the loan. But but would you do something it like says, that like, with somebody you didn't know? Down along with the coast, of course I would. Why? So somebody you don't even know? Yeah, if they had, I would check out their credit. Right. And if they had good jobs and they just were short because they were say young or they were hard to save up a lot of down payment and they well, were buying great. something in an area that I thought was going to be good. I thought their investment was good. 
Well, if they then I would have it. If they defaulted, I, then I would end up with the property. See, I wonder what type of arrangement or contract they have because are you saying that it would be a company or an entity that would be the co-borrower that's Well, you listen, yeah. I've been in real estate my whole life. Mm. There are people that are private people that do it for a living, and I've watched it in days with high interest rates. I've watched it for people who had bad yeah. credit, and instead of the bank, they, they couldn't get a mortgage. Somebody said, okay, listen, mm. you have bad credit. I'll charge you 10% interest rate, mm -hmm. but I'll get you the yeah. mortgage. And See, people would pay any amount of money sometimes. And I wouldn't know. Like if two people came to me and oh, said, you wouldn't know I they're... wouldn't know. Because oh. if they're occupants, obviously I wouldn't know. If they're non-occupants, they're just a non-occupant co-borrower. So I wouldn't even know. No. Oh. Okay, so the banks wouldn't know But that. here's what it yeah. says. So it it says that... Uh, that uh, data from the, the, the vice president of the company called Solutions, uh, Darren, he says the more money down along with a co-signer who may have better credit yes. is helping these co-borrowers secure a lower interest rate also. But the homes they are buying tend to be smaller and an indication um, that they're skewed to the first-time home buyer who probably yeah. has a good job and everything but just, but hasn't, just hasn't saved up. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's hard to get in the game for first-time buyers. Yeah. But we were talking earlier in the show. I think a lot of people don't realize they actually are in a position to buy. So they think they are. But they they are, think they are. they are not. You know, they listen to rates going up or down well, or see, down payments are required, and they don't know that they probably could buy. So they really should call and, and get pre-qualified. Yeah. yeah, check it out. Yeah, well, there's another, you know, I was reading, it says the number of buyers that are putting down less than 10% mm -hmm. is a seven-year high. Yes. Now, that's about education mm -hmm. because even the brokers I find in the city and in the suburbs where we're generally the sellers really don't want to take an FHA mortgage if they don't have to. Because it's a lot stricter. You can't, and you can't have a lot of work. It has to be done. You can't yes, say, look, I'm taking off X amount of dollars because this and this is wrong. It has to be completed. Right, right. But, okay, the, uh, you know, and I think in a market where there's no inventory, it's tough. Yes, because the sellers have more control when there's right. no inventory. But at the same token, um, I really do think that there's a lot of programs for first time buyers. I think that people, like you said, really don't know. That's exactly right, particularly at the lower end of the market. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think that part of what you – you know, we were just talking during the break, and you know I, I do a, a lot of stuff for women mm -hmm. and, and empowering women. And whether it's a woman or a man, I Glenda said, Dottie, please like help me get involved with that because I really want to yes, help people with financial literacy. Yeah. yeah, and we're not talking about only women. I don't think they teach that in school. Oh, they, they don't. don't. And they I, don't. I've actually thought of somehow coming up with a way to go to the schools or go to... Well, I go. I'm part know. of a union program that teaches uh, financial literacy to new union members, right, who are oh, now really? coming into the middle class. Mm -hmm. And it's shocking. I say, how many people in here don't have a bank account? Half of the class doesn't have a bank account. I should it's team shocking. up with you because that's exactly what it's I very think rewarding. is necessary. It is, it is necessary. Yeah, yeah but you know, know. And, and again, it's, you find that hard to believe, but that, it's not that it's people true. are stupid. No, yeah. not at all. Okay, it's, and let me say this quickly. There was that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes if you didn't go around people who really talked about it. Right, you mm. don't know. Yeah, like, so that's really important and I think maybe yes. next week if you're okay, back. I'm coming back next week. We could talk about that if yeah. you would talk about 
Okay. Ways people can really get in. Of course. Okay, I would love that. And guys, I think we're out of time. It went by fast. It today. went by fast. That went by That's fast today. Here. Okay. <laughs> Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll be back next yeah. week. Bye, everyone. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.